have to do something uncomfortable. You're going to have to lean in. Hey, lean in. Lean into this topic today. Lean into this podcast. Welcome, everybody. I want to introduce you to my very fucking good friend here, Meg. I paid her $3 to say that. <laughs> We've talked about you multiple times. It was You've about been quoted. Time. Yeah. You've been quoted. She always I goes, my good friend, Meg Nye. My good friend, Meg Nye. It's always, say the, that? always the line. I don't know, but I have told Jess multiple times that every time she says my name on the podcast, I deserve a money <laughs> kickback. <laughs> you are not keeping a tally. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> well, when we eventually blow up, we will we will parodies right Dance to you. Paid. Yeah. yeah, we will. No free quotes. Yeah, no, no free, free quotes. No free feet pics. No free. Have no you free seen quotes. that movement? People will be on TikTok, but they'll like censor their feet because they're like no free feet. I've seen that, <laughs> and I think that's a fucking funny. I really do think it's Joe very and funny. I did just have that conversation, and he was like, "He's like, get on the internet, start selling feet pics. He's like, sell your underwear. I'm like, you're for that, and he's like, yeah. He's oh. like, <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely, I definitely would, but someone needs to send me. Or just, like, tell me how to do it. Well, something that came out at the Ladies and Tangents live show that I helped them with, Sierra talked to – she was like, oh, she did. She did. She sell, she sold socks and underwear. But she goes, when I was doing it, Craigslist was a thing, but they really cracked down on it. So she's like, well, I don't know. I don't know the avenues now. She's <laughs> so she was doing it before it was a thing. Oh, before it was a thing. But, yeah, she was like – I – there are a pair of shoes – that I am holding on to specifically because I think I could get money out of them. Because they are so worn. They are so rancid. Oh. They are rancid. I, they are. They're, ke- they're keds, no socks. I was just going to say there was a no socks <laughs> situation. Yeah, if they're on, like that. Slip on, no socks. You don't even know the brand anymore. It's been worn down. <laughs> they are black in there. We're white ones. The fact that you're holding on to them makes me want to vomit. I don't know if you know this about me, but I like, I don't keep anything no i but i firmly believe i'm like if i were to ever get some some return on shoes it would be these shoes and so i just keep every every week i'll take the dogs around keep them fresh for whoever's waiting for them okay is it you do you know you (laughs) you know someone who wants my shoes no one wants your shoes if, if they smell bad. Well, hopefully a pervert somewhere does. They do. The does. smellier, the better. That's same with underwear. They, like, ask for for you to do certain activities in the underwear. Oh, yeah. No, like, I'm sorry. Work out. I'm too busy washing my underwear to send them to you. Oh, God. I can't even find my underwear. I have to buy new underwear at least once a month because I just don't know where they are. That sounds like a problem we should work uh, Okay. I, <laughs> I have that's a, there's a very easy solution. To that. <laughs> I can make you a chart real quick. I no, have a hot have take. Laundry. Okay, and I'm 30 now, and I have evolved in my underwear game. I remember my first beer. Straight up granny panty. 100%. You've brought this on the pot already. But that needs to be... Put a little lace on those bad boys? I mean, we... Thongs? Never. Oh, no, I will wear thongs as long as they're high-waisted thongs. Why are we wearing thongs? Because... If I wanted to floss my butt, I would use floss. But here's my issue... If they're not thongs, I get such bad wedgies. So, like, there are certain pants I have to wear thongs with or else my ass will eat not only the pants but the underwear. And it's a chafe situation. But my my ass. That that means throw the pants or the underwear away. Someone's got to give. Well, I can't all the time. So you're cool with a permanent wedgie. So, like, I can get used to. But they're nice thongs. I've never felt like, ooh. Where do you get your underwear from? Target. Yeah. Same. But they're they're the Auden brand or yep. whatever, not sponsored. But I would, 
I'd be sponsored by them. Me too. Very soft. Very nice. See, the seamless. Yes, for sure. Oh, I never would wear a lace thong. God, Couldn't my be dead body. Th- those also last five minutes. That's Hard the purpose pass. of them. For you, Meg, in your single life. Ooh. We could, we could say that. This is the Meg Nye here, in the flesh, on the pod. Um, I, I guess can, if... I can beer burp right now, so... Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> but I guess we can, like, intro Meg to who she is, what kind of friend she is to me. We're get- okay. But anyways, we worked together for a very long time. We both worked um, at an autism school. Meg was my boss. Try being that. Man, she was an asshole. Um, (laughs) Someone had to be. Truly. But no, it was obviously instant connection. The first time um, I realized who she truly was, I cried. And I was like, (laughs) when was that? She was cracking jokes left and right. It was probably the first day or second day of school. I don't know if the first day was like we had too many, too many nerves. Okay. Um, but we were. She's just cracking jokes, doing as doing as she does. And, and I was. It was just out. For, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice it, or I would have said something. Was there a nip slip <laughs> on the pod? We're gonna live? censor it out. We're gonna censor it out with oh a nice little god. pine cone. Lord. Oh my god. Whatever. A nice little ornament. <laughs> a Christmas trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyways, she was cracking jokes left and right and i was laughing so hard i was crying and i said i've never met someone in like a group of people or a group of friends who as as funny like i am always the jokester and i'm the one who's doing all these laughs and i said never have i ever find someone <laughs> as funny as you and that we it was instant it was instant from there but here she is meg nye cheers to you meg nye cheers to you meg nye tender friends happy, thank you happy to have you grateful <laughs> kind of to be here. <laughs> kind oh, of. I am grateful. Good. Okay, wait. Let's see. I wrote okay. some down some notes. You know, I've been getting better at this. Good. Um. Oh yeah. Something I wanted to ask. I felt like <laughs> I will just read this. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> I've gotten really into pimple popping videos again. <laughs> That's what I thought about late okay, at night, good. dude. I've been getting in. They've been coming up on my for you page, and I'd be losing it. That and earwax videos. I'd say I'm an earwax video. <gasps> yes, you're either one or the other. Are you the audiology associates? Does he come on yours? Wait, no. Who's he? Hi again. Welcome back to audiology associates. <laughs> this is- no, I don't have. Oh my god, I'll send you. I mean, he's okay. great. I would like he's to got be- a great commentary. I'll be on that as well. Me too. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll I'm jumping us. on. Yes, yeah. please. Bring- yes. To the group chat. Actually, don't just like just maybe mail it to me. I'd probably get it faster. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jess, dude. But the pimple popping shit. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is that something people love? There's sick satisfaction out of that. I it's don't... instant gratification. Yeah, true. I guess instant. Yeah. But well, Joe, Joe doesn't like it. I mean, we're an instant society. We the popping videos were the only reason I was on YouTube from years like 2012 to 2014. I think that's a thing you with... should just keep in here. What? <laughs> oh yeah, I was just I was just on in the, in the YouTube of days. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the only reason I was on there. I honestly just got hip to him with TikTok. <laughs> Ooh, no. I've been into him. I remember me and Kristen Maynard skipping class once to go um, on our little, like, flip phones, watch a video. I don't know where or why, but, you know, we got had the little, like, 
internet. We we watched the video, the video, the big pimple pop the, video. The internet that costs money. Do you oh yeah, that? yeah. Like when you we were just in the bathroom. Like it's a it's a core memory for me. Oh my gosh. I just remember anytime my friend would touch my phone in class, I'd be like, "That's twenty five cents. My parents are gonna kill me." <laughs> but like when the internet app would pop up, you'd be like, "And and 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 and." You'd be like, "No, that'll charge my dad. He'll be pissed. I'll be so mad. No, I'm not gonna be able to go out." God, busy, busy. No, there was something I was going to say about pimple popping. I forget. Oh, well, I was going to say YouTube. I feel like Jess and I have a huge YouTube. Magdalene. Over. I already. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to ruin your Christmas gift, but it is a year subscription to Spotify. Shut your mouth. Because this bitch is a YouTube music person. 100%. She will. She literally, I tell her a song, Mike, look up this song. And she goes to YouTube and then she'll just beat that song in like a damn drum until. If it's I so don't overplayed. give that YouTube video 75% of likes or the listens. It's her. I'm it's dead. her. But that's how she listens to music. Is that how you listen to our podcast? No, I listen yeah. to it on Apple Podcast. So you have an Apple. No, that's podcast app. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't Fair I don't enough. know. I don't understand these things. <laughs> I don't I don't understand them. I cannot I don't have room in my brain mm-hmm. to be able to understand a new level of listening to music so like in my brain it goes mixtapes youtube elite you know what i mean uh, it's not like lime wire trying to get a download fingers crossed it turns out okay meg's old school oh <laughs> that's all i have to say are about there any that? songs that will come on and then in your head you'll hear the like DJ Yes. And it's- I will sing it. I will sing it. Yes. Like, Gigi Beyonce, you missed a line. <laughs> it's because What of the- is it? It's like it's the one in Little Wayne songs. And it's gonna kill me because I'm gonna listen back to this episode and I'm gonna be like, Jess, you knew it from the jump, and I can't think of it. <laughs> but when I do, I'll come back with it. Speaking of music, I feel like I made a big I overcame a big hurdle today, and I don't know why I made it a big hurdle for myself. Not today, this past week. I don't know if you have this, but like when you when you plug in your phone to your car or your, it connects to Bluetooth, is there like one song that always comes on and it triggers you? Is it the A Team Ed Sheeran? No, nope. that's everyone else's. But so what is yours for Apple Music? I only have like two albums on there, and one of them is Lord. So it's Biting Down by Lord, but it always goes. It feels better, but it is that sound to me triggering. Oh, it. We'll be in purgatory when I go there one day. It is, but I finally was just like, I'm going to delete all my Apple Music. I don't, I don't listen to it. I, it only tortures me every time I get in my fucking car. This is the <laughs> only reason why it's in there. Just so, what's yours? Um. So now, <laughs> in my car, no, it's it's actually really great and a song that means a lot to me. But it was now, um, Apple is doing the last song played mm. and it's the same one and it's one of my very favorite songs crowded places by banks and i love and it's not a bad thing and so every time you get in a car you're just like it's time for banks I'm like, a little banks fuck damn it just remind me of, of just like bad times but good times and i was like okay i'll let this one ride but literally for as many cars as i've been in it's probably 99 percent the a-team yeah yeah uh, Meg over here can't relate because she has YouTube to plug music. in and log up the internet, get that kicked um, in. <laughs> I do have music. <laughs> but I'm low-key embarrassed to say what it is. <laughs> what is it? 
It's like Sister Hazel, like, I would walk 500 oh miles in. I would walk 500 more. That's literally what rolls up. Couldn't be mine. a worse song. Oh, I'm well aware. You're just trying to get to work in the morning. But here's You're the mad. thing. You to put on pants. You can free yourself and delete the song. And that's something I I thought about doing every single time I've gotten in the car for a for year. For a year. And I was just like, today's the day. And sometimes you just have to take initiative in your life and just be like, today's the day. I delete all the music. That's fair. Today is not the day for me. <laughs> it could be, though. You never know when that day is going to come. But I was like. I've been feeling a little erratic lately. And I was like, I got to take control of something. <laughs> something. And I will never hear Biting Down by Lord again. So what's your new song? The silence. Thank God. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm one of those people that. that I will drive in silence for hours. I could. It's upset. It's nice. Yeah. I can what? Just, yep. The silence. Mm-hmm. Is it just the thoughts are too loud? Like there's, I can do that when there's a lot going on and I feel like I cannot process what's going on in my life and I wouldn't notice it. I think a lot of it's like decision paralysis. Like I can't choose what to listen to Mm, or I might not be in the mood for a podcast. And so it's just like my thoughts it is. (laughs) That's a scary place to (laughs) be. A scary place to be. But maybe I need to sit with myself for this whole car ride. I feel like that's how Joe and I have been feeling with shows and movies lately. But I think it's the overload of all the streaming channels that we have and apps that we have and there's just a million fucking shows and movies like how do you pick i think it's that's, ridiculous stimulus like, yeah I think we are all overcharged in yeah. regards to being stimulated at every moment take that how you will but we are constantly of like an environment that needs to be appeased yeah it's like dance monkey dance is how our attention span works mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True. So to be able to sit in silence is such a novel concept to us yeah I wonder how many people uh, can agree with that, can agree with like sitting in silence is more of what they're looking for because of the overload of stimulus yeah. around us. I think one time you guys said on the podcast, you're like, I think that everyone's saying that they're like ADHD or what it, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I think that the reason why we're seeing more people identify with that is because of the ridiculous amount of overstimulation we have. At every moment of oh, every absolutely. day, mm-hmm. we are infiltrated with yeah. constant 30 second blips mm-hmm. to make us like c- to catch our attention because that's what our attention span yeah. is. I'd be interested to know how many um, ads that we, you Ingest. know, s- yeah, yeah, subconsciously know, like get in, in a day's worth. If that, oh. so your day, right? If that starts with you going to work, so your whole drive to work until the end of the day, if that includes like podcasts and things and billboards and everything. I wonder how many ads a day that, or things that you've processed. Think of how many jingles you can sing. Right. Without even being a customer of a company. or saves you the run around. You know what I'm saying? Like there are. It is wild. And I don't know if you've ever been like on vacation someplace, like not necessarily like auditory, but like I when we went down, I went down for Kristen Maynard, I brought her up earlier, went mm. down to South Carolina for her wedding a couple of years ago. And um, I was looking around, I'm like, it is beautiful here. We are on a highway, but they don't allow like billboards in some of their areas and like any like shopping center, like they can't put advertisements by the road. Mm. But I also find that very difficult because I'm like, where's the Walmart? Oh, fuck. We just passed it. Right. You don't know. Yeah. So, but up. I mean, nice. Yeah. It's like a part of keeping the scenery scenic. But, oh, I'm sure I'm no, I know for a fact there there have been studies on this and we're all brainwashed and yeah. there's no hope for humanity. I think that's the cliff notes. Well, 
that's positive. You've heard like, it here first, folks. A little bit from that, but <laughs> <laughs> I just took a group of students out to eat. We went today. They had to like do all this research and all this planning. And we were at the like table for probably 15 minutes. That's probably being way too kind. And I had seven students' phones on the table mm. because when I caught a student looking at their phone to look at something, I made them put it on the table face down. Mm. And then I just proceeded to stack them on top of each other. Oh, it's probably, wow. you know what I'm saying? And I was Zero like, amount of time. there are people right here who want to listen and talk to you and actually genuinely care about you. But if you want to waste your time on that, I'm not here for it. So right. put your, you can have your phone at the end of the meal when you need to figure out your tip. Yeah. I'll honor that. Mm-hmm. But talk to the people you're here with right now mm-hmm. and stop talking to people you're not with. Right. You're not I with them. I feel like that's something. Be in the moment. And that's a skill that's really hard right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we all, I still practice it. Like if I feel like I'm gravitating towards my phone, I'm like, why? Am I anxious? Yeah. Am I uncomfortable? Do I feel like I'm out of place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about putting like timers on my phone now my just sis, to my like. Britt does, who yeah. has been introed on the pod a few mm-hmm. times. Um, she does. She doesn't like all the time on her phone. She sets it for social media, especially. Mm-hmm. So she knows her cap every week. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's dope. I always think that because of my job that I need to ingest more. Yeah. But um, I mean, I've been. And I think that's true to an extent. Like, we can't get rid of it. Like, I've always felt like if I could get rid of anything, it would be Facebook. But even then, it's like I can't really with, like, my businesses and stuff. But it's – we can definitely limit. We don't need to be scrolling. Scrolling for days. This is the thing. Like, if you get rid of Facebook, then it will be replaced by something else. Right. It's it's more of a management component of it. Oh, yeah. And I, I went out with 14 students. 14. And three had their phones left. By the time we left, an hour and a half later, crazy. Because I mean, I believe and that. And also though, of that, of that, two of them didn't have phones. Okay. So one student really? out of that group was able to keep their phone in their pocket and not engage with it. And that student was the quietest student and spoke the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was more than happy to attend to every conversation that was going on around him. Right. That's nice. Yeah. You know, it just shows. But like, we don't value and honor. Yeah. Connection. Human connection, yeah. right? Right. Because we're, it's a tough, it's a tough place. I yeah. wouldn't want to grow up in today's world. No. Like, I also feel like um, growing up, probably more Gen Z, um, are like so comfortable with phones. Whereas for us, it was oh, like, God. if we, if we were in a video, we would get kicked off any sports team we were on. Yeah. We didn't stand a chance in getting a job. Mm. But now, like, you can put a lot of stuff out there and kind of just get excused because that was in the past. Like yeah. there's, or, I feel or like it's just, it's them online or right. like their private life or whatever. But what I think is crazy, like um, one of my friends, her niece is 11 and like got bullied at school as, as you do. But she was saying, she's like, this is another fucking level. The way these girls talk to each other at 11 and 12 years old. She's like, Rachel, I wouldn't say that shit to you on my worst day. 
they're like, because they're so removed from language almost, like online language is so much different than what they'd say in real life. She's like, they sound like grown adults. Also, what are they watching? Yeah, exactly. What are they internalizing? What are are their parameters? What they're allowed to view? And that's how they speak. Also, there's no... Sometimes there are no consequences linked to that. Right. Talk. That's like the same with dating. Mm-hmm. You want to go to like that level? Like yeah. I've had men say things to me that they would never say to my face. Right. They have no problem texting me. Right. No problem at all. Want to know why? Because there's no accountability. There's mm-hmm. no way to be able to check them. And then what I think is crazy is how then parents then go to the school and they're like, deal with this. Right. And it's like you we, deal. We can't yeah. or like they can't. Because it didn't happen face to face. Yeah. Because if it would have happened face to face, it would have been yeah. seen by or a teacher. We, we can facilitate different. Yeah. You can facilitate a conversation if it's impeding with school, but it's still like they can't stop the behavior from happening. Correct. And also, like, because there's no disconnect. You know, I mean, if you're bullied at school, I feel like when we went to school, like you're bullied at school, maybe a little a- on AIM, mm-hmm. a little instant messenger. But that was it. Like, we were able to disconnect from it mm-hmm. and be able to like tap back into like, what does it mean to be loved? What does it mean to be cared yeah. for because you're with your family? Yeah. What does it mean to have yeah. genuine friendships because you had a built-in break? Yeah. Right? There's no built-in break now. Jesus. I've oh. never even thought about that, but yeah. I remember like the, like resenting going to school. Like if I was like, you know, if rumors were going around, whatever, whatever. It, but like, it really was like, I can't wait to go home. Mm-hmm. But it's like, like, when I graduated high school, like, you could tweet from via text. Like, you didn't yeah. even have internet. on. You, there was no apps. Right. Like, that. that is the world. Like, how fast everything's happened is so – like, it will be very interesting to see. Like, hopefully we're creating geniuses or in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they'll actually cure cancer. But, like, the socialization of this and the inability to regulate – what kids are consuming is because I think it is that it's, it's like uncontrollable. it's uncontrollable. Like you can try your mm-hmm. best, but really like, um, like my mom's a fifth grade teacher and it's like, you know, at a certain point it's like, if you don't have a phone, you're a weirdo. Or if you don't have it like in like other parents that are like have kids, it's like you're then removing them from socialization. Like that's one of some, another like child family in our life. Like, they ended up like caving and allowing their kid to have Fortnite because it was like he was all getting bullied he, without it. Well, he, he, was, was, he was left out. Yeah, it wasn't included, right? He was left out. It was the way instead of like playing after school, like remember like going on the bus on, ooh, sorry, on a, like a different bus to your friend's house after yeah. school? There's none of that. It's just like you you get online. But like they're not. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that. Just people saying, like, nobody's playing outside anymore. That's a pastime. It's all video games. And that's been in the works for a while. But I do – I just thought of something. But in, like, TikTok world, um, bullying – and I was just thinking about – back to what you said about um, the bullying and the language on on the internet versus what they'd say in person – but I feel like bullying now on TikTok goes straight to the comments. It's for the sake of comedy. And I feel like that those lines are getting really blurred mm-hmm. because shit is funny. Yeah. And comments making fun of people are funny. Yeah. But it's such a blurred and fine line where yep. it's like that actually is Well, they need somebody. to be a part of the joke. Yeah. They need to be 
a part of the experience, not I'm the experience is at you. their expense. You're not laughing at me. Right. Yeah, Which there's I a difference between, like, your, your friend dressing up in a stupid outfit and, like, you making fun of the friend in that outfit. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the context. Yes. Completely. And I'm just, I just feel like that is, if you see it now and if you are engaging in the TikTok world, you see it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that's a really fucking funny comment. But, like, how how deep is that going to cut the person who, who yeah. created it? And are they, you know, and I feel like that's what it is. I think about that on TikTok now. I'm like, you know, we've gone viral a few times. I'm like, at what point is someone really going to come, come at us crazy? Because I see it all the time. Like, you know, and I just, I'm very aware of that. And but I also think that's what sets you apart because you're a mature adult (laughs) who's able to make that like connection. Well, we can say it's more about them when we have small children or young adolescents who are putting these moments on there, like they don't understand Mm. what they're putting out there. They have no concept that what they do. Like, so what you were saying is like, when we would post things, we'd get in trouble. We'd be like, we're done. You never get a job. You're you're worthless. Like, okay, okay, that's like an extreme, but you know what I'm saying? Like we were very mindful about what you put on the internet. There are TikTok videos of students going in and destroying bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, are, there was like a slap your teacher TikTok. I'm like, well, welcome to first period in my classroom. Right, but you right. know what I mean? Like, my right. students invented that. Right. <laughs> Give them some credit. Yeah. Like, rude. This is a novel concept for you guys. Right. But we've been doing this since day one. <laughs> we call morning meeting. Right. <laughs> Smack your teacher. Boom. Okay, so you're upset about the weather? Oh my How do you God. feel about it, man? Right. Ma- Meg does work in autism, specifically. Right. So, can, so. Well, no, I special <laughs> yeah. on multidisability. This, is, this like, isn't your AP math. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it should be, because AP this math, night. that's all I wanted to do was just smack my AP teacher. Uh, okay, I wasn't on AP classes. <laughs> it couldn't be me. Could Probably not. You, you want me to sit for that test? No, thank you. <laughs> no, not here today. <laughs> no, but... It, for sure. But they don't understand that. That like, hey, if you put this on the internet, it's there forever. And like anyone will be able to view that. So they're very confused when they go in and they smack a teacher and they film it because they think it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then they get in trouble for it. It's like, well, this is called evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, something Madison and I talk about because she's always like, oh, I wish I was sometimes like I like – do weird things or saying weird things. She goes, why am I not filming you right now? And I'm like, because we don't think to do that. I'm like, how weird would it be to just be like walking into Walmart? But people do. But I, but like that is, I, I never want my brain to get there. Neither. I never care. To, I agree. Like, and that's not saying like better than anybody else whose brain does go there, but it's just like, but I think that's just like not for what, me. No, I just think that's, um, we're not here yeah. for the story. We're here for the moment. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not trying to capture. Yeah. The stupid shit. Like, we're right. trying to have a genuine connection. I'm going to say something stupid and we're going to laugh about this yeah. mm-hmm. on Christmas. Yeah. And you I would be really together. interested. Like, I actually um, met, met a TikTok couple at a filmmaker's conference, um, Alex and John, Alexandria Madison, something on TikTok. But I think it would be really interesting. They, they – we've talked about, like, going on each other's podcasts before. But um, – being a married couple in that realm of like what's real, what's not real, mm-hmm. and like being able to like draw those lines, I think Alex and John do a good job because they do skits. 
But like the couples that like play pranks on each other or do all this shit, like like they try to make it real life. Mm -hmm. Like I think Alex and John have a really good balance because it is like skits and they just like do funny shit. And um, but I think it would be interesting to interview someone or talk to people in that space because I'm like that is a weird dynamic to have where like your literal relationship is online for the public to see. Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot. I do, especially in TikTok because I. I do. I do and take, I talk about it a lot in the pod, but I do and take a lot of it. And I feel like you can tell when something was like, mm, that seems off. Like, oh, yeah. that, I mean, you've made so many videos and people have ingested all this content and like love you for it. And then at some point you're like, there's no way, you know? No, yeah. For and sure. that's put so much pressure too. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, all right, I know we, you know, we posted yesterday, like, Mm-hmm. We we got to think of something for today. Yeah. Like, that would be exhausting in a yeah. relationship for me personally. Yeah. So. And I just have to say quickly, Alex and John are two of the dopest people I've ever met in my life. I believe it. When you said we, that they were there, I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> Madison and I fucking love them so much. Like I Marco Polo with them sometimes and like they are funny, genuine, cool. And it's like it's awesome because like they're also in the wedding industry, which like had no idea when mm-hmm. they got there. I'm like. You guys are TikTokers, but like it's so cool to meet people that have like the same job as you and like have are in that sphere. But like if you sure. if you're on there, if you follow them on TikTok, they are hilarious. Hilarious. Just and it's not even just hilarious, just like good people. Like yeah. they don't like great. We we're big fans. Yeah. So we stand. We stand. Alex and John. We stand. <laughs> Meg's got a gripe. Meg has some shit. <laughs> Let's hear it then. Come at us. I just want you to know that in your podcast, like the music that uh-huh. in like, the intro to it, uh-huh. every single time in my car, I'm like, oh my God, there's like this, there's like this noise that sounds like something's wrong, like a beeping that I'm like, oh my gosh, my car, there's something wrong with it. So I will always turn off the radio. Okay. For probably like the first I've never heard that. Like, I've never heard of that experience with anyone. Me either. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm just used to driving shithole cars. <laughs> That like something's about to break at any moment, and there's like this like, like I can't, I cannot even. It's just like a high pitched. It's like a noise, like a, like a warning. Why hey, can't I even think hey, of what a what's hey, our thing? Hey, not every no. But there's like a behind there. It's like this. There's like this a beeping noise. Like it sounds like you're there's something's wrong with your car. That's why I feel like when I listen, listen to I don't you, know if anyone else has experienced Olivia this, but Rodriguez as driver's license, I'm like, what the fuck? You guys need to get over her. Me. Okay. Literally. <gasps> she's 12. I'm done with it. She's so talented. I remember my first beer. I can't handle it. Who's this? Olivia Rodrigo. Oh my God. Sorry. I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah, no, so so <laughs> when you, you, when you had the face of disgust, I was very. No, no, no. no. Olivia Rodrigo. But Jerry just texted me. Um, Shane, they bought a new car yesterday. Um, fun fact behind the scenes. Um, so yeah. Jerry and Tierra drove up in their car. Shane drove up in his car, had to stop at Best Buy to get some cables. Um, except his car didn't start. His car simply failed to start in the Best Buy parking lot as he was coming out. And so luckily there was time, but Jerry had to go get down and get him. And I was like, I should probably be going down and get him. But I think Jerry just wants to yell at Shane. <laughs> get some energy. He just wants to pop off. <laughs> pop off. Let's pop some bottles, everyone. We are ready for this. Hey, hey. Woo! We're about to talk about something very dark. Yeah, is that um, our segue? Yeah, that's our segue. Oh, um, so I I do have a, like a funnyish story, but if anything with grief or suicide is not for you, this is your tune time. Out, tune out. 
We, we love you. That. We respect you. We out for you personally. Um, but this is something should have saved it for the pod. But I was very bad at that. I was really needed you like this week apparently because I was just like Jess. Da, da, da. I was like, there's so many things I should have saved for the pod. But one of them specifically was someone who I don't even know. So just how I, you need Jess, I'm gonna need a, a glass of that. Oh yeah, I brought. I brought. <laughs> um, I'll wait for it. Do you like that? Yes. <laughs> Jess has been waiting her whole life to say that. Okay, sorry. Jess, we got the people on their toes. So I sent Jess this post. Oh, oh, this is a segue. This is a segue post of like, this is is dark humor. Yeah. But I don't even know these people. But it was like, obviously, someone in their family had died. But their post for that was like a family photo of them smiling, grinning ear to ear behind whoever's casket it was. It was like the new family photo plus casket. And let's break that down. Let's break that down here right now. And I didn't like on the it. Pod. I didn't like it. I don't know if you've seen these photos. And this is just personal opinion here. I couldn't be me. No. Nope. And we and we talked about this as um as a photographer standpoint, as someone who loves to take photos and capture moments uh, yeah. through photos like that we we do yeah. we do appreciate that like it, carrying the casket like, cool like the hands, real like laying flowers hands, hands on the casket cool. cool but never once would i think at you know my sister's funeral my father's funeral my mother's like, funeral all right everyone all right everybody get together arms around each other looking at the camera get smiling. absolutely fucked backwards i won't be doing that <laughs> i it couldn't be me <laughs> i just i have a couple clarifying questions for yeah this. so is it like i'll show you the picture the casket is open no. Graham is right there <laughs> that would be so much worse and you're you're behind all smiling <laughs> or like hey we in this together leaning over Graham. no we would like we would like number two. Oh, that's a thing so as we're looking at this photo a beautiful we- photo by the way right, like very pretty but why but literally, uh, let me let us paint the picture for our listeners here. A photo, casket in front, closed with so the flowers it's a, it's on at top. The burial grounds. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So like the, they're about the to casket, crank it. Well, they're about to crank them down. <laughs> oh. They about to go down. We about to crank it. Uh, <laughs> crank Graham Graham's down. And and this is a professional and photo. They ain't cranking the soldier boy. They're cranking the. We don't know. We weren't there. We're not sure. They could have been both. They could. The energy there is a bit chaotic. It is chaotic because they're way too happy to be at a funeral. Also, though, are they grateful that the person that's there is no longer suffering and they know that wherever they're at, probably better? Leave it to Meg. We don't know. No, thank you for the perspective, Meg, but I won't be taking that with me for today. You don't have to. I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I teach high schoolers for a living. Yeah. So you're gonna have to be a little bit harder on me for me to <laughs> feel something. <laughs> I'm literally told every day. Hey, I'm much- sorry for everyone on YouTube who's just seen a lot of my bra tit area. This is where we're at today. That's why I showed up. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. You always get some. At least I wore a bra today. Mm-hmm. We were on the edge. Just told me she'd never be my friend or speak to me again if I didn't show up. Oh my said, god. Okay, I'm she's here. for real. I never said that. That's I, what asked- I heard. It's what I heard. What are you on the Enneagram to? Ooh. Oh, I have no clue. I don't know how to do those spaceship things. Magni. I bet she's a two. What is a two? I don't know. 
That's what Laura is. The whole, what can I do? What can I help? How can I help? I feel weird. I'm not helping. A helper. It's yeah, the helper. The helper right. yeah. Hashtag the helper. Yeah, probably. Do you feel that way? Yeah, happy? I do. Yeah. Okay, that was really abrupt. So I'm going to let you think about it. Give you a little few seconds and then. No, it's probably two. Wait, no. you actually, we had a text conversation and you said, what am I? Yeah, I did ask you. Yeah. And you were like, just take it. I said, probably won't. And I did you say should. too. You should. Yeah. Or at least winged you too. Um, but segueing into the more, it's the meat, the meat, and it's it's a tough meat, and yeah. this is a meat, a pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to do this, but it is a shitty topic that we're gonna pork chop. But literally, if you could pick three people who can turn something really shitty into something humorous, it's yeah. it's probably what we're gonna do throughout the whole episode. But if that's not for you, if like the dark humor isn't for you. And you're going to judge us for it. You can see yourself out. <laughs> just just excuse yourself respectfully. Yeah. Um. No, I do think that we will get into some serious discussions. And I do think, you know, it could be triggering. And like we already gave you the warning to, to peace out. But I think there are, t- there are, are going to be times that we're going to talk seriously about it. And there are going to ta- be times, I can't say that, um, that we are going to joke about it. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, if I know anyone who turns really shitty things into humor, it's Meg Nye. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid a $3 to say that. So now <laughs> my debt is at least you You're really racking it up. Whew. Racking it up. Good thing okay. I'm a teacher. I make a lot of money. So I can pay <laughs> yeah. you off real quick. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's get into it. We're talking about we're talking about grief. We're talking about loss. Grief with a subsect specifically of losing someone to suicide. Yeah. That is a... What did you call it? A subsect? Yeah. Huh? Like, a, that. like a, a subset. A subset. Yeah. A sidebar. A yep. hyphen. Got it. Slash. It's like one, like you draw the arrow. Yeah. I'm a visual learner. You know how mm-hmm. I am. Why do you think I just did that for you? Yeah. Um, I am going to, we are going to list these um, podcasts in the the notes, the podcast yeah. notes, but there are some that I do. We don't want to forget. So just, yeah, so. I'm just going to blurt them out. Um, grief unfiltered. Um, so sorry for your loss. Grief is a sneaky bitch. And probably the most popular is where's the grief. All of those are super good. I've been listening to them for the past like two weeks or so to mm-hmm. give you, these are my personal ones that I feel like if you like our podcast that you would like where they go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so those are my personal recommendations to you. We are going to put them in the notes, but I feel like fucking check those out. They're good. I feel like they talk openly and honestly about, about grief. And I feel like you guys would like, yes. All right. Fucking grief. Not a one size fits all. Am I right? Am I right? That's something I feel like everyone can, right. Can definitely say about grief being Mm -hmm. like. It hits everyone differently. Oh, for sure. And it's and it's individual to the person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that couldn't be any more true in what my experience with grief is and what I've seen other people experience grief. Um, yeah. Like, specific, like, someone I can talk to with this is, like, so Madison and I have a bit of a traumatic, like, our friendship is really, truly rooted in, in trauma. Um, she was on a couple episodes back and when she gets in a better place with her life, like she'll be on the podcast to talk about all the psycho shit that's happened to her. But when we were 11, her mom died of leukemia and that was a big, like 
I don't want to call it a wrench in our friendship at all. It was just we both truly could not deal. But Madison, when we came back into each other's lives, it was right before she had her son, who's three and a half now. Um, but we – I'll never forget, like, she talked about, like, she didn't have the time to grieve her mom at 11. Like – her dad was in a position of like, he didn't know what the hell to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're suddenly with these like two young kids. And so he got remarried and she basically like, it was like the starting over. Right. But when um, Madison had Eric, it was this like, as su- she she says like literally as soon as I like locked eyes with that kid and he was laid on my chest, she was like, where's my mom? And that's. 10 years later, 12 years later. I find that so interesting. And the first thing that comes to my mind is not only, you know, whatever, how she grieved her mom, but now I'm, I'm grieving her as a grandmother. Oh yeah. Which is a whole different stage of life that Mm -hmm. you have not even thought that you would have those feelings. It was immediate, right? It was like, we're grieving her. Like, I don't know how to be a mom. So yeah. I, I'm going to look to my mom. Right. My mom's been a mom. So I'm yeah. looking to someone to provide me like, yeah. hey, yeah, they just blew out the diaper for the yeah. 30th time. Just let them shit themselves. It's okay. Yeah. And she said okay. like, it's it was the intense realization that she was like, my mom didn't want to die. I've never thought about that before. Ugh. My mom didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. She wasn't done. She was mad. Mm-hmm. Like at 11, you don't have the perspective, right? You right. go to the hospital, you see all this, you see sickness. But like, she's like, I was seeing my mom's sickness through the lens of, of a mother. And she's like, wow. that completely altered the whole experience for me sure. being able to see it. And I think that is the thing. I think one of the questions we got is like, how to ha- like like how to handle when grief hits you later like why does it do this why does it hit me this why does it hit me then and i think it's a lot of time like when you're experiencing something whether that's children your wedding graduations like a random tuesday and you think of that person and you're like where would they be what would they want and i think even like jerry would be comfortable with me saying this um but her and Sierra talked a lot about their grandmother yesterday before their live show. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish she was here. I wish she, she could see this. And it's those moments where, like, grief just, like, sneaky hits you of, like, mm-hmm. I, I wish, you know? And it's it's the lost time, I think, that is just really how grief robs you. Right. It's, like, even if they lived a long life, even if it's, like, they don't live the long the life with you. And right. so it feels like lost time. It feels like... I wish they could see me now or mm-hmm. be with me here or have followed me here. But yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that saying like grief, grief is sneaky, sneaky bitch. Yeah, truly. It's literally what I just wrote down. Cause I think I've never heard it better is grief is a sneaky bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think with that, that just hit me real hard because that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. As someone who's dealing with it many years later. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. So let's get into that, Meg. Um, let's talk about your experience with grief. Obviously, you brought Meg on for a reason. Um, let's just talk about your experience with the with grief. I mean, what was what was that like for you? Your so journey? I've like I've experienced it at different levels, but I feel like the one that hits like me to my core and just need to know the story because I'm too I'm so guarded in regards to it because if I'm going to share it, it needs to be heard and felt by people who 
are going to truly like take something away. It's not that I didn't think that you could do that before, but it wasn't, I wasn't ready. Mm. And so as I grow Mm. and as I become older and I like understand more, I can let my walls down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just like, I also only have a small scope of the story. I can always tell it from my perspective. Like I cannot tell it from my friend's parents or her Mm -hmm. perspective or her boyfriends or her Mm -hmm. other friends. It's only my experience of it, but yeah, so my friend um, Jenny, I just call her that still because that's what she is because we were children together. You mm-hmm. know, met her three years old. Actually, I think we met when we were babies, but we, we became friends when we were three, you know, living our best lives, you know, being Disney princesses. <laughs> and, you, you know, when you're a child of the tender 90s, <laughs> you tender. just love it. <laughs> you love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For so, sure. Girl Scouts did the thing. We did the whole damn thing together. We lived across the, across the street. My first sleepover, my first everything, you know. So did our thing. We, she was in um, public schools. I was in private schools because learning was way too hard for me. Couldn't be in a public school, so I needed to be in more specialized. That's not true. <laughs> education. I'll let that self deprecation slide for that. Okay, story. Right. as you should. <laughs> so. Um, she ended up passing away when we were 16 during the summer. So it was, um, I had gone away on a family trip with my family, came back, called and got her voicemail. and was asking her if she wanted to take, um, we were like 15 going to 16. So like driver's ed mm-hmm. called, left a message asking. She wasn't here anymore, but was asking if she wanted to take driver's ed classes together. If we wanted, if we wanted to roll up to Sears yeah. And sign up for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, unbeknownst to me, wasn't here at that point. Still called, made that thing after I got back from my trip because that's all I was thinking about. It was like, oh, we're about to be driving babes. Yeah. yeah. Now we can actually like hang out when we want to. It's not like when our parents can get us together. Right, it's right, like right. more like independent. So, did that and a family friend had came over, but I was doing some volunteer bullshit whatever and was volunteering and my actually my older brother's best friend came over and he had said is megan home to tell my mom Mm. i was like no like why what's up what's going on and so he he's like i can't tell megan this i cannot tell her this information but like his mom had sent him because his mom couldn't drive Mm -hmm. because we had all grown up on the street together you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like we had lived that life. There were three houses and we all had, they, they all had kids at the same time. We all grew up playing, trying to play street hockey, AKA me just like huffing it to the other side of the road when a car <laughs> showed up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doing You're your like, part. Got him guys. Like this is great. <laughs> and so he had told my mom, I remember like I was volunteering and then there was like this, like later, art program for underprivileged kids. And I called my mom. I was like, Hey mom, can I like so happy? I'm like, Hey, can I go to this? And my mom was like, absolutely. My mom has never just given me ultimate permission like that. So I'm like, <laughs> what's up? Got her. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like about to start driving with Jenny. I'm about to go to the summer camp. Yeah. Like right. on the top of the world. Come home. My mom tells me that my friend has passed away. I remember like, I can tell you like the color of the room that we were yep. in. I can tell you everything. I can tell you that I literally punched my mother all over her body until I collapsed on the ground sobbing. Wow. Um, 
And then I said, I need you to take me to her house Mm -hmm. because I still can't drive. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I just called my friend to take, to sign up for driving classes. Yeah, we were Sears. supposed to learn. Right. Yeah. So, because this is like our milestone. So right. since we don't go to the same school, we don't experience all the same things. So whatever we can experience that's like across the board, that's what that's what we're here for. Right. So she's like, I don't know if they want to see you. Yeah. Was it when you asked that was – Did like, you know like Were you anything? just like, I want to be close to her family? Or it was like, I actually don't believe that yet until I go to her house and see. It's the I don't believe. Okay. Like denial. I'm 15 years old. Sure. I don't believe you. Right. Mm-hmm. This whole world. I mean, like I have sure. curly hair that I've brushed out and I put up in like a half pony <laughs> with brushed out bangs. I don't believe in shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the look of a woman who has no belief system. <laughs> None. The world has done me dirty my yes. whole life. Right. Hermione so. with a half pony? Can't trust her. <laughs> Brush it can't out. Trust it. <laughs> More so. You can't believe it. No. So just know because I think that that's where my brain was at. Like that component of, no, I must no. see it. It's to really weird. It. It's really weird what your and brain does in that moment of like what you need for validation well, or proof or it's because or, it's survival. Like yeah. your body takes over. It's like a fight or flight. And I'm like, bitch, I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm going to yeah. fight. Yeah. Gonna fight Cause this is not true. What you're saying to me is not true. I just beat up my mother in her <laughs> child home. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Beat her up. She's like a little garden gnome. Yeah. And she, she, she drove me there and I'll never forget it. Like their house was packed and it's crazy. Uh-huh. Like these memories that you take away. Her mom had just had like n- knee surgery Hadn't been walking, which is another reason why we hadn't seen each other in so long. Because her mom had knee surgery. She was taking care of her mom, like getting in the shower with her mom, bathing her, like all this mm. stuff. And then I went on this crazy vacation. You know what I mean? So like we hadn't seen each other for this huge duration and it was just life, you know, and I can honor that now. But when you're 15, you're not going to honor that. Right. Mm-mm. Never would you ever. It, so got there and I will never forget, like I showed up, she had drawn me this picture because she was great at art and i just showed up with like this album of our childhood together mm. like trick-or-treating she's like jasmine i'm like hey i'm humpty dumpty you know what i'm saying like we we here for it yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like all of these videos of us like us going to brownies and like all, like are all these pictures show up for it ready for it and i just because i had to i couldn't hold her yeah. So I had to hold, I had to hold something physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just had all of these physical, like, I don't want to say like monuments. Cause I feel like that sounds really like ridiculous, but the mentos yeah. of her showed up. And I remember my mom opened the door. Cause there was like that glass door, you know, you have like mm-hmm. the screen door and then you also have the glass door. That's how you know, like you've made it in life when you were a kid. Storm, you got a storm door. Storm door. Like a full storm door. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Like, like the, the, the glass of like the edging. You're like, ooh, <laughs> the work. They know it. They live in the, the high life over here. It rich as fuck. I know. <laughs> we don't have a screen door because someone broke it. Like, I don't know what that's like, you know, when I show up at this house. Walked in and I'll never forget, like, it was her family and then obviously close friends. I think a, a lot of me blocks out. Sure. A lot of things that yeah. were there or what happened just to protect me mm-hmm. in that moment. But I remember she got out of her chair. She had crutches. Her foot was up. Her mom could not find her dad. Because when her dad found out that I was there, he couldn't. And I also respect that. Mm-hmm. So her mom and I hugged. And I think her, like, 
that was it. We called the, you know, we had that moment, sat by her. And then my mom was like, we need to go. And I couldn't understand. I was so upset with my mom. I'm like, why are you trying to take me from this? But I think my mom understood it from a mom's perspective. Mm -hmm. Like they need their time. You are a perpetual reminder of what they've lost. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, that's like a whole other level in regards to it. So that's, I feel like I, a very long winded. No, so feel free to edit all of that out. (laughs) No. How, how long did it take you or when did you figure out like how or what, like, the reasoning was do you know what i mean like suicide versus accident was it right away also because you were young and you're you didn't know no i think it took me a long time because at that moment i was so young that i then always just intrinsically blamed myself like we didn't see each other like you went on vacation her mom was like you didn't you didn't make more of an effort you didn't try harder you didn't Mm -hmm. you know this constant inner dialogue of like your innermost Mm -hmm. demons is just constantly like chewing at the back of your brain so this also happened over summer Mm -hmm. so summer and then i show back up to school and everyone's had the best summer of their lives you know what i mean like they they went to you know Hilton head and they went here and they got braided and a cute boy talked to them. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Show up and be like, Oh, my friend committed suicide. It yeah. was great. Like, n- no. So what do you say? You say nothing. Yeah. You say yeah. nothing. You say nothing because, yeah. and I actually, I remember writing this in, um, for one of my classes, we had to do like a journal mm-hmm. and I remember writing in it, <laughs> fucking strawberry shortcake. Journal I bought from Marks, AO one ninety nine. Scratch and sniff or no? Oh no 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 no. That's okay. before my time. No, <laughs> no, and I just remember writing to my theology teacher, like here I sit, and I've lost my world. I've lost the only person who has loved me mm-hmm. as an act of choice, mm-hmm. and they're gone. And all anyone cares about is what they did over the summer or what cute boy is talking to them. Yeah, and, and you've how got a and perspective how nice, shift, right, right? And like how nice their locker looks, because that shit was real mm-hmm. when I went to school. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna get this nice cubby. I'm gonna get this cute little thing mm-hmm. that holds my pens, and it's a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So how do you morph back into that? Where you're like, okay, this is what every like society in my very narrow scope is telling me is important. But also, how am I going to show up and tell these people that are actually not my friends? Right. They're not mm-hmm. in high school. You know what I mean? Like, you're not at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like sophomore year. You know what I mean? So like you've been with these people for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I had formed deep friendships because I had her. You had your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had my friend. Mm-hmm. I had my friend who was going to show up. I had my friend who was going to back me up. I didn't need any of the surf- the surface level-ness that high school had offered me at that point. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until that moment that I had that, like, harsh reality that was like now these people have to be your friend right. because you don't have another option mm-hmm. your option is is gone right what was the grieving process like as far as like the guilt anger like all those things that we go through with guilt and with with grief have they did they take years to form did you get answers right away like you know from knowing, like, if your friend even struggled with depression to to realizing they struggled. You know, like, there's all these cases of people around the world, like, you know, Robin Williams. is like, people didn't know. Right. You don't know. And I think that's the scary thing of especially people who've lost their loved ones to suicide. It's like, I mean, I knew that they had a dark side, but 
I didn't know, you know, and and it's the unanswered yeah. questions. Yeah. I feel like that just yeah. Me not knowing yeah. the situation, I look at you. I'm like, did you know that she was struggling, or were was it completely a shock on a mental health aspect? I guess yeah, a, com- a complete shock. Yeah. So also, yeah. like, just to preface this. So I'm 32. Mm-hmm. We lost her when she was 15. I think she was 16. I think she had just turned. She had turned 16. We were both that, and then she had passed away. So May she turned 16. July she had passed away. Mm-hmm. So like we we're at that brain gauge and absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because even now mm-hmm. I feel like we're just trying to shake a, a very low level in regards to the stigma of mental health. Right. Right. But I think that so adds then, a shock factor to right. your grief. So then absolutely not because you just, you suck it up and you bear it. You raise yourself up, you get over it and go on. Like that's just how I would, I was raised in my household. I know if that was a component, like, yeah, you're allowed to be sad, but like, knock it off. Like, you're not sad enough. Right. And that component, and I don't think that it was any fault of her parents or my parents or anyone, but I think that's just how we were raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how they were raised. So they tried to be a little bit more like cognizant of us, like, oh, okay, it's okay. It's okay. But like, move on. Mm-hmm. It's okay for people not to like you. It's okay for you to be insecure. It's okay. Like, just keep going. Like, mm-hmm. I think that their mentality is like, it gets better. Right. Where it's like, how about you help me cope with right now? Because right. it doesn't feel like anything will get better. Yeah. Do you feel in this like moment. that was like a tricky part with the grief? With like ever, like obviously it was happening at a young age and your parents being like, it's okay. We just move on from it. Where you're like, I haven't even processed it. I'm not sure that I'm ready to yeah. like move on with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because all my, all my parents want. So my parents at that point are grieving on multiple aspects. Sure. They're grieving as their best friends just lost their daughter. Mm-hmm. They're grieving as their daughter just lost her best friend. Mm-hmm. And they're also grieving the fact that they lost a daughter that they've known since birth. Right. Mm-hmm. So to I the child they loved. Right, yeah. To a child that they loved, a child that was always at our house for dinners and hanging out. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine how they internalize that. Right. Right. Because you're feeling grief on three different levels. Yep. You're feeling grief for your child. You're feeling grief for your friends. You're feeling grief for yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you? Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. And back then we don't have the resources that we have now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I guess that answers my question. Cause I was, the mm-hmm. question was like, were you able to grieve honestly? No, no. no. And who, and I think that's, what's crazy is like, who is, who is able who like who is ever in a space where like their environment and everything gives them the freedom like similar to what you're talking about like Erica Madison's mom's death is a memory I will have I will remember where I was told I was at Shawnee Shawnee's house I and I have the memory it's like I'm up in the sky and I'm looking down I remember the scream I remember exactly what the pavers felt like mm-hmm. it is a very intense recollection from my memory of what I went through in that moment because it's almost like it's like that's not me. The person that experienced grief and shock is like a separate entity to who you are as a person. You enter like the scream that came out of my mouth. It's fight or flight. It yeah, becomes, it, it's primal. It's, yeah, it's, so it's primal, and it's it's removed from who I was because I didn't know I could scream like that. But isn't at all. that the wildest thing about trauma, though? Like that your body will will protect itself Mm -hmm. and like yes there are these everlasting effects that will stay but i find that to be i mean i hear this a lot with people's grief stories or finding out that loved ones passed away is like i was i like meg said i knew 
what it smelled like, what it looked like, using mm-hmm. s- very specific details. Yeah. Which is crazy because you probably can't tell me mm-hmm. in detail what you did probably a week ago. Right, exactly. But you could, if you smell that, mm-hmm. or like you know the yeah. senses that, and I just... It's all your body wants to do is remember that. They don't want to remember what actually happened. So they're going to fixate on every other feeling and every other sense except Mm -hmm. for the sense that is the most painful. I find that to be so wild. It's how your body protects itself. Right. right? But what we've talked about as we've gotten older, as Madison and I have reconnected, as like my sister, like all of us, you know, like Laura was Madison and Olivia's babysitter, my big sister. Like Mm -hmm. all of that. We When we like break down. And getting then my mom's perspective, the neighborhood was rock. So Madison was my neighbor, Erica, like, like, and mm-hmm. my mom, and my dad, like, I remember my dad's reaction and being like, what the fuck are you upset about? Like, I remember thinking that in, fi- in the sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, I remember being like, why are you walking out of the house mad? What did that have to do with you? And it was this whole thing of like, I could leave my fucking kids at any time and not have a say about it. And it was like, as a kid, I didn't know that. As you a kid, I was like, you don't know Erica, you? you can't be mad. But as getting older, it was like, they were pissed. They were so pissed off that these girls had to go without their mom. They were so pissed off that Erica, who was like the feistiest woman alive, like didn't beat this disease. They were like, that's not, that, that was not the fucking that, that was the part of the movie. That was not the part of the movie. <laughs> Correct. The part of the movie was very different from this. Right. And my mom was like all the all the moms in the neighborhood. You just knew like everybody broke up a, a bottle of wine, laid in bed with their kids, yeah. read them a story very differently that night. Well, if she can't beat it, then what the fuck am I going to do if that happens to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck am I going to do? This person I hold in such high regard and mm-hmm. this person that will defy all of the odds didn't yeah became a statistic mm-hmm. right. i can't imagine that blow right and there's no purpose to it and i think that was no. you know we gotten the question in in the dms like what can you say what are what's the right thing to do with with a loved one that's experiencing grief that everything happens for a reason thing can go fuck itself because sure. there's no reason to that and in that moment regardless of what you believe what your religion is what your faith base is don't fucking say that I had a friend who suffered severe grief and the loss of her mom said, there is no reason good enough that would trade that person for. Right. No reason good enough. No. So I feel like that was, I said that too, because I feel like how to support someone who's dealing with immense grief and depression was really speaks to me too. Right. Like I have, yes, I've experienced grief. Have I lost a parent? No. Um, I'm close to me, yes, but I feel like I love support. Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing to to know too how to support people, but realistically support people other than saying like sorry for your loss. And I can't imagine, couldn't mm-hmm. imagine. Um, in the podcast Grief Unfiltered, she talks about the phrase I couldn't imagine, and it pisses her off so much. But mm-hmm. sometimes she says it, and she catches herself, and she calls her out for it. And I think it's funny mm-hmm. because it's just like one of the shittiest things to say, but sometimes yeah. it feels like. It feels appropriate, but yeah. um, I couldn't imagine. Count yourself. That's called blessed. Good. Yeah. 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 Fuck it's you. Blessed. Fuck so you. Wish you could yeah. imagine. Yeah. Wish you could feel what I feel. Also, I, I so I take that from a different. Like I don't ever want you to have to feel right. This. Right. I don't because I I know what it feels like to lose a friend. Yeah. And, and I don't. 
I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. And more, I mean, like, fuck you, like, right. for no, saying yeah, that. Right, not right. like, I wish your best friend committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't wish that. Classic misunderstanding. Classic, Classic talking off the cuff, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, I do have some, like, don'ts, though. I feel like those are do important. It. Like, do's. Do what you feel is right, but I feel like it was more important to point out the don'ts if someone's mm-hmm. dealing with grief. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you do – I wanted to know that from someone who really dealt with it other than, like, reading articles about shitty things to say. Mm-hmm. And I felt like someone who went through it could actually tell me what their experience – like, what was helpful and what wasn't. And I feel um, – one of my friends said, don't be, don't be upset – someone by bringing up the topic of the Mm -hmm. lost loved one. The truth is um, it's probably already on their mind. Be respectful, of course, and consider that the timing is right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was really important too, because it's awkward. It's awkward in general. And I feel like they say that in grief, like it's going to be awkward if people don't know what to say to you because they can't imagine what you're experiencing. Right. But it's, it's those things being like, I'm here for you. I can't offer the solution. I cannot fix anything, but I'll sit with you in the dark here. Yeah. And, and my friend also said like sitting in the dark means not just saying that you're going to do that, but actually follow up on that. Yeah. She expressed the importance in that. And I, I really do think that you find out as a friend who you are in those moments. Like it's really weird. Like as we're talking about this, as I'm thinking of like the day I found out that Erica died, um, just, it's weird to think you have been who you are forever. And that's me. You know, it's like, I've always felt like, you know, you change as you grow up, but it's like the core of who I am has always been because when Madison came to my house on it was a light blue, um, the classroom call sheet, right? It was everybody's name and their phone number. And Madison had me call every single person on that list to let them know that her mom had died. Um, just to like say, like I specifically remember like talking to Sue Briggs, Madison, or my friend Sarah's mom on the phone, and her, what I a remember big thing to be tasked with, right? But it was like I was tasked with that at eleven because that was who I am. Is Madison was like she can do this, mm-hmm. like we can handle this, and I think it is showing up as who you are in those moments and knowing that you can be leaned on for your strengths. Mm-hmm. You know, if your strength isn't being the person to call every sobbing parent that hears this news, don't offer. Right. You be there. And your friend, when they can ask for help or ask for support, be there as for who they know that you are. Don't bake cookies if you're shit at doing that. You know, Mm -hmm. don't make the phone calls if you aren't known to do that. Don't be someone you're not in those moments. Be exactly who you are. And I think that has... I think authenticity in grief is really important. Mm. I feel like people hate performative grief. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's so weird. Like when you go through grief um, and you see someone at calling hours or something and you're like, who the, f- who the hell are you for one? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like the performative sadness mm-hmm. that some people feel is like, it's not comforting. Sure. I was literally going to say, don't show up. Unless you are ready to act up. Mm. Yeah. Don't. Would you guys argue during calling hours or during those 48 hours, right? Are disassociation city? 
Absolutely. That's survival. That's your body. That's your and body. like, okay, so like, is it important that, do you remember who showed up? Yes. For my friend? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because I remember, this is very dramatic, my older brother had to take me out of, because they had like calling hours and they had like the services in the funeral home. And I remember like right behind her casket, behind her family were all these people that I have never once seen seen in my life. And here I am sitting in the back corner. Not that I care about that, but I just, yeah. where were you? Right. Yeah. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Don't act like you know her favorite band or her favorite CD or or the favorite anime character. Yeah. Or her favorite place at the moot like at the food court. You know what I mean? Don't do that to me. Right. Her Annie Ann's order, if you didn't know it. Yeah. We're not here for it. We're not here for it. And I just remember I became so enraged. Yeah. So like there's that anger component. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. And my older brother literally took me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Took me out of that because I couldn't, I couldn't manage. Yeah. So grateful for that moment. Yeah. That's him showing up as who he was. Right. Him showing up in your grief exactly as, as who he was. So as a protector. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's an older brother stance. And I feel like that's and something. did like another thing too, like down the line. And it's just, there is like moments where you just. Yeah. yeah. I like that though. I like showing up authentically yeah. in grief. I feel like that's such a, a way I didn't think of it that mm-hmm. I feel like would. I feel like it's helpful. And if you're on that end where you're like, I'm not sure, it's okay to be there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't want to shame anyone. Like, you could have honored that person and enjoyed them. Maybe they were in a class with you or maybe you mm-hmm. worked 17 cubicles away from them and mm-hmm. you enjoyed them. Absolutely. But don't show up and act like mm-hmm. they had moved heaven and earth for you. Right. Right. Just honor them mm-hmm. and honor whatever you had and be true to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like your water cooler, buddy. Yeah. Honor that. Yeah. And I think it's also the knowledge of meeting people where they're at. I think one of my most, I won't don't want to call it a shame-filled moment, right? But it was a moment that I was like, I learned something today. Um, Weirdly. Were you reflected? So my, one of my friend's brothers died at war and, um, there was a big, you know, like Roosevelt, like candlelit thing. And I at the time was not best friends with her anymore, but like we were all in the same friend group. But I had grown up with him. He was the older brother, like five years older than us. So like we were in high school at the same point. Like at that at that age, he felt he felt way older. Right. right. He was older than my sister. But like still like big brother vibes, like a, as it is. So my sadness for that was not matched where like obviously his sisters was and all of like specifically three friends that were over there every single weekend that went on the family vacations. And so I was in a phrase of like, this isn't what he would want. Like, let's talk about funny like things. And I will never forget. <laughs> I, um, Kristen Maynard, fucking a funny. How funny <laughs> is this? She said, Rachel, shut the fuck up. And I said, you are right. At the moment, I felt like, oh, shit. But it was, like, so important in that moment. And, I, like, it is a memory that sticks with me for – I mean, I think it's, like, it's rooted in shame of, like, why the hell was I just speaking right. like that? But it was, like, I think I was nervous and I didn't know what to say. But, like, she just looked at me and she's one of my oldest and best friends. And she knew that was the only way I was going to fucking sh- that shut was, like, up. inappropriate at the yeah. time. Yeah, sure. inappropriate at the time. Because I was in a place of, like, 
very different grief or not even grief. It was just sad. Sure. There's a difference between sadness. Like, I'm fucking so sad that my friend has to go through this. I'm so sad that this like, happened. Not this so- considering. Not considering the circumstances. And that's on being 16 years old, Mm -hmm. probably. I also feel like a good thing to consider is no matter what you say, it's not going to heal or bring back the person. It's not going to heal their family members. So don't feel that you need to fill the void. No. Right? Because the void is there. It's a straight-up deficit for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't feel the need that you need to, like, throw a little powdered sugar on it. Mm-hmm. Like, not putting a positive spin. Right. I feel like... Like, feel- no. Like, it's... Whatever you say is not going to fill it. It's going to be something that I have to cope with and learn yeah. how to manage for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. if you think you're going to say something terrible... Yeah. You're probably I not. Feel you like, know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's already things that they've already thought about. Sure. Yeah. If they'll speak on it, who knows? You're not going to fix it. And it's okay. Grief mm-hmm. is not about fixing. No. It's no. about enduring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surviving. Like, grief like, feels like survival. Like, I have to survive grief. You do. It's different. It's different than sadness or depression. Grief time feels. heals all wounds. Fuck your wounds. Yeah. I would love to have them that time heals yeah. it. I mean, perfect example, Madison. Time. Time. There was 15 years. She said, what the fuck? <laughs> she was like. Yeah. She, I mean. It hits you. It hits you at weird, very weird moments. The best um, way to describe from what I've heard from other people who've dealt with it, say you just learn to live with it better. Like yeah. it never goes away. No. But you learn to cope better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hurt is still there every single day. Yeah. But it's like you've learned to cope and you've learned to, to, to yeah. go day to day in a way that – yeah. Can get you to bed and waking up. Progress mm-hmm. progress is you waking up the next day. Oh, and if yeah. you take it like that. Well, because at some point you become, so it's just a wide gaping wound. Mm-hmm. So at some point, eventually, any form of like movement, you're going to build up mm-hmm. that protection towards it. But it's in those moments when you like move the wrong way, your scab just picks up a little bit. Yeah. And it's intense. Mm. You can't manage. That's what grief is. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a wound that will never heal. Mm-hmm. It won't. Mm-hmm. Would you In say- my personal experience, it will not heal. Mine has not healed. Mm-hmm. Would you say that anything was helpful? Yeah. What is that? I think allowing me to sit in my pain. Mm. Just sit with me. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me things. Don't tell me it will get better with time. Don't tell me that it wasn't you. Like, I don't need to hear that. I already know that. I'm aware of that. Just sit. So (laughs) Jess and I always joke, like, standing in my truth, Mm -hmm. I would like more buttered popcorn. (laughs) Okay? You know? So, like, standing in my truth. I'm not looking for people who stand with me in my truth. I'm looking for people who sit with me in my darkness. Mm. Just be there. Ask about them. Mm Mm-hmm. Ask about my favorite story, my mm-hmm. worst memory of them. Humanize them because they're humans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not saints. They're not gods. Mm-hmm. They are people that I have loved that are not here. What was their favorite food? Favorite color? What was this? What was that? Because when you <laughs> when you forget how their voice sounds, when you mm-hmm. forget what the sound of their laugh is, those are the things that you can always remember. Mm-hmm. Favorite candy, Reese's peanut butter cups. Got you. 
hundred percent. Favorite food at the at the mall. Double meat chicken teriyaki. That's where I'm gonna show up. What was your favorite order? At you know, like fucking Annie Ann's lemonade, salted mm-hmm. pretzel, marinara, straight trash. That's how I feel about that. But I can always tell you that order. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the worst you're thinking. Your friend who's dealing with it has thought 30 times worse. Right. Mm. So ask it, ask to share and like, what's your favorite memory of them? What's this? Mm. I'll never forget. Once again, back to my older brother. I want to punch him in the throat. Probably like 99% of the time. After my friend Jenny had passed away, I couldn't go to the comfort meal. I couldn't do it. So he drove me around in his Jeep Grand Cherokee, fucking red, (laughs) white male privilege, right, (laughs) on fire. And he played all these various sad songs. Like he just knew where I was at. Mm -hmm. Put out his hand. I was sobbing, sobbing. He put out his hand. I held his hand. And we held hands and we drove around while we listened to this stupid fucking emo mix. And then I remember he pulled off at a drugstore. And he went in and he bought like this big bag. So Jenny's favorite candy was peanut butter cups. Thought they were disgusting. I'm like, bitch, have you heard of a Snickers? <laughs> oh, now. Reese's, Reese's is elite. Oh, my peanuts crunchy. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he bought this huge bag of Reese's peanut butter cups. And we held hands. And he drove. And I peeled off with my other hand. Cups. And we just ate them in silence as I sobbed. Just show up. Yeah. Show up. Like, I don't I don't need you to ask me questions. I don't need you to, to coddle me. I don't need you to think that you can heal this huge scab in my life because you won't. And that's also not your job. It's yeah. not your job to heal me. Right. It's your job to be here with me. Just show up. Take a break on that. <laughs> okay, Meg. Here, here, here. I have no idea how that last part ended, but we're, we're starting. It ended. I, I remember thinking this this is a good okay. place for me to go pee at. Good for you. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, break so the, break the wrist and walk away. Yeah. So my last question for you, Meg, um, is what advice would you give to someone experiencing grief? A tip of the dick for grief. Mm. Or I also have like, what's the best advice you received about grief? Like best advice you would have to give or advice that you received that you would like to share during. So I think this is like a little bit twofold. Sure. So best advice I've been given in regards to suicide. So someone gave this to me a I'm very visual. So like, yeah, this person is carrying a bucket. And did you put stuff into the bucket? For sure. But you also took cups out of the bucket. Mm -hmm. So you can't ever think that what you did or like something that had happened is what tipped it over. Mm -hmm. You're not that important. You're not that culminating tip that leaned it over Mm -hmm. for them to make their choice. That's good. You're a part of it. There are many facets that tips the bucket over. It's mm-hmm. never one thing that tips it. It Maybe that one little tip gives the momentum, but it was already building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not it. 
So stop acting like you're that important. Right. Because you're not. And that was really healing for me. I think it took a lot of pressure off of me because, of course, when you're 16, all you think about is you. You're brushing out your bangs. You're trying to wear, like, cool, like, lip smackers. You know what I'm saying? Like, all you think about is your sketchers. That was really healing. But I didn't hear that until I was in college. Yeah. So that was really great in regards to that. Like, if you're dealing in regards to suicide, did you add to the bucket? Of course you did. Because we're people. Right. We are. But you are not the pending drop. No one is. Mm -hmm. That's life. Whatever you add to that bucket, maybe in that moment it was more good, more bad. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there was good in the bucket that you added. Mm. That's healing. That's healing Mm -hmm. for me. And I feel like um, the importance of bringing up the topic of suicide and kind of the jumpstart for this episode, we've had um, people kind of reach out to us about grief and loss and Rachel and I were like, are we ready for that? You know, are we ready to dive into that? But um, during the break between season one and season two of the podcast, my um, cousin took his life and that was like shocking, you know, like as it always is and feeling like I'm hearing that and being like, you just think, I feel like with suicide, it's like, so many questions and I feel like that is the killer that is what kills the people who are still here we're like why what could we have done what was what was going on that we didn't know and I feel like those are just the questions that we're all asking right now it's still super fresh and like I told them I can say this years removed could I have said this that fresh off the cuff definitely not right this happened when I was 16. I heard this advice when I was in college. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that peace for many years. I'm not saying this, that this will provide you with peace because I'm not the dictator of that in regards to when you feel you're like, when you're ready to forgive yourself for everything you said or you didn't say. Right. That's mm-hmm. on your time. It's not on anyone else's time. That's yeah. a personal journey you carry between you. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, on this earth, you're the only person that can hold you accountable for that relationship. Cause in that moment, I doubt that they were thinking like Meg said my Pollyanna pocket. (laughs) Now's the time. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they were in a whole different space Mm -hmm. and it wasn't about me. Right. I won't speak to you. Like, yeah, but I I think it being like, I can surely say it wasn't something that you had said to them was what, had ended in that mm-hmm. it was a buildup that you had probably also released from multiple times before that. Right. And for me, it's like the empathy to feel like I can't believe you felt that low. Mm. Well, I think what? like getting, so like my perspective on all of this is like, I haven't lost a friend to suicide Luckily, I guess. Um, But I have tried to commit suicide and I have done a lot of self-harm and I was hospitalized for suicidal thoughts and actions for about a month um, my freshman year of high school. Um, And it – when you're in that place of depression and like the ultimate hopelessness – 
I remember being so frustrated with the people around me that were like, what can I do? What have I done wrong? And it's like, nothing. In this moment, it's like, I'm just broken. I'm broken and I'm tired and I'm 15 and I went through this. And to be honest, I'm done. I'm done. And I, when you're young, you feel that so intensely. And um, really, like one of my other core trauma memories is me just telling my mom <laughs> in a very rage way, I'm going to kill myself. And I need you to know that. I need you to understand that because that's what I want to do. I do not want to be on earth. I do not want to wake up tomorrow. I need this to be over. And she is just hands and head at the end of the bed crying. And I'm standing in front of her like, what the fuck? What do you mean what the fuck? Right. But at the time I was like, yeah, I was, it is so vehemently not about you. And you feel that in all the time you feel you hear that suicide is selfish. And I don't like that connotation because it it implies that that person was full of themselves when really it is it's the only option that you feel in that moment. It's yeah. how I've been able to internalize it like through the research and the Well, yeah, it's the, the only reality. I don't know. So like what is your I mean, you're cuz I can't speak to that. I yeah. can't speak to the mindset that you feel like it's like a sooner or later. Sooner or later, I'm going to do this. Sooner or later, this is going to happen. So, like, it's going to happen, so I would just rather it happen now. Yes. Sooner or later, my depression is going to kill me. Sooner or later, this situation, for me specifically, it was, like, I was in a, like, sexually and physically abusive, rela- emotionally abusive relationship. So, it wasn't because I wasn't going to buy you taters. No. No, it Are was because. Because sure? be- that's what I'm holding on to. It was because there was such a darkness that I didn't care to heal. I didn't care to go to therapy. I didn't care. I didn't care to find the medicine. I was like, I would much frankly rather fucking not. And because a not seems in that moment way easier, way better, way better, way, way, better. way, way better. And Rachel, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you woke up the next day and the next day after. Yeah. I'm um, grateful for that. It's very like, um, no. Like it, like we were just saying, like, I feel very comfortable talking about this because that girl, that was 14 years ago, I was 14 years old. It seems like a long, has half my life ago. I've lived half of my life since then. What a beautiful blessing. Right. I sat over my friend's grave. Right. On our 30th birthdays, eating fucking Reese's peanut butter cups. Right. Sobbing by myself. Right. And it's like so you when you're at that point, you truly like you you cannot you don't have the perspective of imagining your best friend on your 30th birthday. Right. Like I had I had no comprehension of like how Kristen Maynard would feel or how Morgan would feel or how how all my friends would feel. I had I had because to me, my life was all about my suffering and all about my immense need to stop hurting. 
And um, luckily after that conversation, so like I had taken a bunch of pills and it seems so fucking stupid now looking back on it, which is why like, like I was in the eighth grade when I had first tried and it was just like a bunch of just like whatever the fuck was like, but my mom wasn't on actually serious pain pills. So it was just like a lot of Advil probably (laughs) and and tequila with diet Coke. So I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. And, but my mom knew like I tried to take something and, um, (laughs) she was a school teacher (laughs) She is a school teacher and took me to the elementary school counselor because she she was just like, I don't know what to do. She was like, I have no idea what this is. Um, I just imagine that like from a parent's perspective. What oh, my do you, God. Yeah. Oh, it's surreal. I, I was my, in a tiny my chair best, my talking to this lady. But it was whatever help I can get that I know. Mm-hmm. Like, and for your mom, it was school counselor. I, I, that's yeah. who I know, who I trust. Right yeah. now, yeah. because the resources we, your parents oh, yeah. didn't know about them. No, and after that, it was like, okay, if this happens again, and so sobbing on the kitchen floor, I don't want to live anymore. I can't do this anymore. What, like, we went to Children's Hospital, and um, I was admitted into the partial hospitalization program (PHP), um, and was there for a month, um, and it's not about stuff like that that like saves your life. Right. Um, But I'm really glad that I and my mom gave gave me the opportunity for to gain time, to gain time to meet people. Her life back was time. Oh, for sure. Um, And I was going to ask, like, what what was it? I mean, the perspective of also it was just. Weirdly, the commiseration of other people that didn't want to be here anymore and being like, I You're guess like, that's we're, not me. I guess we're fucking stuck here, though. Yeah. You know, and it's like, You're I'm not alone. No. You're not alone in that pot. Not, and I think that's weirdly, like, when you're in high school and you see all these people, like, like you said, like, they're talking about what boys are going to talk to them and how their locker looks. And you're like, I wonder what is on the other side of this world when I get there. Right. Like, I wonder what that's going to look like. And that's your thought. All the time, you know, is I just want this to end. Um, And going there and meeting people and journaling and (laughs) what a weird experience. Um, I try not to think about it a lot, but. um, Did you like group therapy? It was Mm -hmm. group therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then it was, I mean, thinking now, I was just out of school for a month, right? But. Like we were talking at the beginning of this episode, I can't imagine doing that now. I didn't have contact with my friends unless I wanted to have contact with them unless they had my home fucking phone number. I didn't have mm-hmm. a cell phone. What a blessing. Right. So you so could heal. People thought I was on house arrest or pregnant. That was a rumor my going around. My mother would have been pregnant. I remember, sure. telling, I remember <laughs> telling my friends, I'm like, tell them I just tried to kill myself. It would be a lot less weird. <laughs> then house arrest. I'm like, <laughs> what I'm like, did I'm I pregnant. do? Uh, yeah, a boy's touched me. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but I mean, I feel like another thing is like speaking on just like the mental health stigma going through that at a young age and like how debilitating that felt. Like I very much felt like I now mental health is so widely talked about, mm-hmm. like so so much so. But at the time, it was like, I am one of the few broken ones. Taboo concept. I, I think am, it's still taboo. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Like, like my parents still refer to any of my pills as like, oh, your nerve pill. Your nerve pill. Nerve. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. It's, just my, it's just one nerve that's out of whack. <laughs> like, Hold on, thank one you. One single nerve. And a barb. Little pain. Um, but I was known as, like, the crazy one for quite a while. And you kind of just have to, like, I just ab- absorbed that. But, like, I've had a therapist and been on meds since 13, 14 years old. This has been a problem for a, a long time. And that's why, like, I've talked about um, over the summer, um, I've been struggling with depression again. And it scares the shit out of me. Because it, it feels like I can't stop this. That's what it feels like. It is that scary of, like, this is going to come over my body. And I'm at a point where it's, like, like I don't want to leave. It's a but time. also having right. the perspective of, like, sometimes depression doesn't want to give you the choice. And mm. so it's, like, I was, like, I was running for my life out here. I'm, like, we're going to get any serotonin we can get. It's about we drive. It's about power. <laughs> say hungry. We devour. Because <laughs> I had to get a little bit okay, of. Rock. Yeah, I had to get some. <laughs> I just realized that was him today, I think. I figured that out. <laughs> I was like, it what was he doing? so much better. But what was that for? Why did he write that? I couldn't tell For you. who? We're grateful. Okay. <laughs> Either way, we're grateful. That's how I feel when I'm grading papers. It's about drive. It's, it's about, about power. power. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. If you guys have any questions for me on that, I will answer them or else I'll just keep babbling. But um, I don't have any questions. I'm just grateful. Me too. I'm, gr- I'm grateful you chose your next breath. I'm grateful that people listen to you. Because mm-hmm. if you had not, like, this is delete this from the pod, but this would not be right this moment. I can't think about that. It's really hard. Yeah. I think it's really hard for me because I do see. Um, and I think... In a we like I've always since then tried to prove that I can be valuable to people, and I have I think I've proved that in in play, like laying a hand into people's lives. And um, I love so being able, yeah, I loved being able to do that. I had to find reason because reason cannot be myself. That is something that I will struggle with forever, probably. I don't know, um, but finding reason in other people. Um, has really been like my drive to stay. But your worth is not in constantly helping people or your hand in their life. Right. Like we're not justifying her worth. Right. We're justifying her reason to stay. Right. Mm -hmm. And we'll always, you want to help me? Help me please. I got my issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fix me. You'll be here for a long time. Um, But I think it's like there isn't any excusing the grief that your decision leaves on people. Um, I think. Because grief is a sneaky bitch. Right. And in those dark moments, you really feel like um, I remember feeling like I'll ruin their life. Like this feeling that I'm feeling I can't keep it inside forever. So if I don't end it, it'll creep on to other people. And it'll suffocate them too. But little do you realize in that moment that the choice that you just made will suffocate them for the rest of their lives. Right. 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 But, but also you, you can't you can't think that. And I'm not trying to put that on people who are right. trying yeah. or who are in that space. We are all entitled to how we feel mm-hmm. and how we cope. Mm-hmm. 
I'm grateful that you chose to cope a different way than mm-hmm. saying, yeah. I cannot, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Thank you, Cher. Cher showed me, my mother, a very vulnerable part. Um, I don't naturally experience empathy. I choose empathy. Um, but seeing her head in hands, putting my arms around her and consoling her about the fact that I wanted to die shifted the focus of like, oh my God. Like she, it wasn't necessarily like, I knew she cared, but it was like, I remember thinking this is, would be her every single night for a long time. It's a quick shift in perception. Yeah. That she was able to give you in that moment. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you, did that ever shift for you that you thought the people around me, I know that you, you kind of described that it wasn't, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. about that, but like, were there like bouts of that? Like clearly that was a moment when your mom was like, head in hands, sobbing. Like you were mm-hmm. like, okay, that would affect her. Does that, did that cross your mind more than once other than that moment with Cher? I really don't know. You know, like it's not a, a, a time in my life that I think about often. Right. Um, but. Also, it's a hard thing to think about because like, yeah. you think about it so in regards much. to your rational brain yeah. versus mm-hmm. your brain when you were developing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a totally different schema. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important to talk about um, specifically in my case. So I had been on medicine and so trying out different meds. And so the part, the point that got me to my darkest, I was on the wrong med. Right. And that's something like a, it wasn't my like naturally occurring trauma that drove me there. I think it was the heightened emotions in the moment of the med I was Mm -hmm. prescribed. And um, it took me about three meds to get it right. And that was part of why I needed to be hospitalized and why I needed the extra care is because I needed help figuring out what was going to be the best balance for me. Um, And that's why like, They say that mental health medications, that after a while, like, your brain gets used to them and then you have to, like, revisit. Yeah, we see. And I haven't had to revisit since I was 20. And I'm turning 28 next week. And so I, I, it is a long-held fear. Oh, for sure. Long-held fear that I will have to go through that again. Don't let it be a fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have a fiercely supported net yeah. to catch you. Yeah. So what you felt then, being truly alone, the fear of feeling like that, I can only imagine, is like a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can feel it. But something different that you had from last time is you have this ridiculous support network. Mm-hmm. It's like, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, adults too. Your body too. will change. Right. Like, it's, it's not okay. about, like, what's hard is when you're a kid relying on other kids. You can't. You can't. And I think that is a part where, like, um, when you're suicidal and you do confide in kids, like your friends, they don't have the capacity to take that on. No. They don't 
they don't understand where you're at. They don't have that perspective if they haven't experienced depression. So like, I know a lot of like, um, my friends who have had friends that have ended their lives. The guilt is I knew, I knew they were struggling. They talked to me about it. I could see. And, um, you're young and you, you keep secrets. I think that's one of the tenets of our youth is snitches get stitches. Okay. I will hold your secrets to the ends of the earth. I will sit with you. Absolutely. Well, like, here. what's a sneak, like a secret that's like, Oh, I like Philip. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's cute in biology versus I'm feeling immense pain. Yeah. I want to be all done with it. Yeah. How do you, it's like a flip of the coin. Yep. And I think what we are teaching our future generations is how to cope with that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you guys receive any form of training and like, or teaching that wasn't just your baseline test scores? Mm. How do you be a good person? Yeah. How do you show empathy, but not be like completely engulfed in it? How do you get your friend the help they need? Mm-hmm. That's what is barely being taught now. Yeah. Well, I think you have to trust the adults around you as well. And I think that. But also how trained were they? Yeah. Not Do you know what I'm saying? All. Like, and right. I think that you have been blessed with so many beautiful angel adults in your life sprinkled. I think we all have to mm-hmm. some extent. Oh, you know for what sure. I mean? Like the teacher or the coach or the person who, the extracurricular person who saw you, heard you, honored you. But that's not what they're trained for. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's what that's what people are tasked with. Seeing a kid and honoring them for who they are and allowing them to have that space, to feel that freedom of like, I'm not okay. I think it would be better if I just didn't show up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel? Like, let's yeah. talk more about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to tell you to. Logic, I'm gonna, I'm logically, I disagree away. with that. Okay. I, and I think, as you should. and I think right. like a lot of people approach suicide logically. It is not an emotional choice like a lot of people mm-hmm. want to believe. It is a conscious choice to complete and execute this plan. Um, that's why letters are written. That's why. It's an ABC. Yep. It is a, I feel this way, I know this truth, I believe this, and I'm going to do something about it. It's a solution. And um, I think being approached with, like, I validate your feeling in that. I see that you feel that way. I disagree. I I disagree. I um, value when we get to do this together, I would really miss that. I, I, and you, you have to approach it removed almost because asking someone to, who's in that dark of a place to meet you at, I can't imagine life without you. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You're not there for that. You're not there for that. Mm. You're not there for that. It goes that. back to like, you're not that important. Yeah. And this is all given you're the hypothetical like- that you are ever even given the opportunities to say goodbye or to have a say. There's a reason why a lot of people when you love someone, you don't give them the choice to know. That's that's tactical, and that's a really weird word for it. But that's yeah. a that's a choice. You don't want to be talked out. 
And it's, it's a sickness. Like it's dying of depression. It is like cancer or anything else. Um, sure, there could be a treatment, but sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's just an end. And unfortunately, it scars everyone around them. Yeah. It's so hard to hear that from, like, that perspective. It's like depression won. Mm-hmm. Like, the mental illness took over. And I feel like that in some way can be healing to some, right? Because there's, like, there's no way you can understand it. And you explaining, like, also people who don't leave notes. It could be one mm-hmm. moment of, like, really low. For sure. And I feel like that's what I have come to understand, too. It's, like, that was a moment. That was a moment that was just, like, thought about many of times and one moment of really shitty low to just execute. You're never, like... I think what's crazy too is some people are so scared in regards to saying suicide. Like, are you su- suicidal? Like, it's not like you're going to put the thought in their brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say it. If mm-hmm. that's what you think that they're thinking or feeling or in that place, say it, name it, mm-hmm. own it. Are you thinking about suicide? Like, what's your plan? Where are you at? Where are Would you? you be truthful if someone asked you outright? I mean, I was with my mom at that time. Because at, it, that, I, at that point, I feel like, why would you not? Someone just asks you straight up. You're like, okay, this is what I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as a child, I was a child. Right. I wanted my pain to be taken away. And at that age, the only person I knew that could do that was her. Your mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted my mom to take it from me. And um, that was big ask for sure. Like bigger than. Big ask in regards to human. Yeah. Small ask in regards to child to her mom. You're right. Right. Your mom takes away the boo-boos. Right. For sure. Mom makes it feel better. The scary. Yeah. And it was this like, like, I knew I was different. Why do I feel this way? Why can't I just, why can't I just be? Why can't I just feel like a person? Like my friends feel. Why can't I, like, I went from being the girl that called her best friend's, you know, call sheet to let her know that the the parents died to not being able to order my food at a restaurant. My mom had to start ordering my food at restaurants. Like I lost a semblance of who I was completely. Do you think a component of that has to do in regards like that you had to take this large undertaking as a, as a child to help your friend? Not that you, mm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be very, gracious and kind in regards to that and obviously please delete Mm -hmm. this but no how many times did meg please delete this that might be the episode title cut this up please delete this (laughs) cut cut the entire episode (laughs) um but you know what i'm saying like right do you ever think that that's a component like because you have to take such a large role to no fault of anyone because you're both children right dealing with grown-up feelings so really and what sucks about being in an abusive relationship is you feel that by admitting that they were abusive, that you are therefore a victim. And I and who I am, admitting that I was a victim is the hardest thing I could ever admit. Right. We're not here for it. But if we are sucking that up completely, um, he tore down who I was as a person from its very core. 
Um, and I didn't know who I was anymore. I had, I had no true semblance of self at that point. I, all I knew is that like, I had like, like I was, I needed to be needed by him and I needed to be, wasn't needed. I needed to be wanted. Mm -hmm. And when I had to make the choice to walk away, um, we still shared a lot of classes together freshman year and I was having a lot of flashbacks and a lot of like um, sexual trauma problems, which has followed me fucking forever, really. Um, and I think that I just lost who I was. And um, so I just kind of became like a blank slate and just like a shell, like a shell of a person in the inability to function. I can't imagine that because I feel like showing up freshman year, you're already such you're already in a an shell. I- an identity like, crisis. Correct, and, and then and so if you whatever you the small thread you hold mm-hmm. yourself to freshman year that that had been yeah. torched for you. But I don't think people knew that. So like only a very like right, he, like there's a reason why there were the that? rumors that right. I was under house arrest or pregnant. Those are very those are two very different things. Right. Along with, like, close. you know, in the same room, I guess. <laughs> Potato, comes tomato. Not air that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I mean, like grieving the loss for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, my childhood. Yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't have that perspective then. That of I was course. grieving like my innocence, and like I, I knew what evil was. Mm-hmm. At really, really age. yeah, yeah, a very formative age, and. That um, it's not like like I have a very good perspective, I guess, on what that kind of trauma looks like. Um, and it took me on that point, I remember it took me six years to not think about my abuser every single day. So I don't know if that's helpful or hurtful. Guess that's it depends. Progress. <laughs> but that's progress. I'll never okay. forget. I was in the grocery store and I was like, I didn't think about him yesterday. And being like, okay. Drink to that. Here we go. Yeah. No. Drink to it. And that's progress. Drink and that's it. what we celebrate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's when you realize that you made progress is where we start to heal. Mm-hmm. Also, your greatness is not defined by another person's timeline. Hmm. Magni. <laughs> How do you do this? I'm done with you. <laughs> we should just quote it. Quote Magni. And scene. And end of act one. Does anyone feel like they've been run over by a car? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry if that's how you guys feel at home. <laughs> And that was our grief episode. If you feel like you got ran over by a car. You're welcome. You might be here. You might be sitting in this very fucking seat on my lap. I was trying to cement Jess's lap, but she said not today, Meg. <laughs> Meg, um, but seriously, thank you yes. for your uh, like vulnerability and willing to tell a story that you're not always comfortable telling. Um, I hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. Um, 
Like if always. It wasn't, I wouldn't have shared what I shared. Yeah. So thank you for creating that and cultivating it. Yeah. You have a wisdom that um like Jenny would be proud of for sure. For sure. I am a mess. <laughs> I sat between my very best friend sharing very hard things and I well. Yeah. But I do. What questions do you have, Jess? What are your questions? Bring I don't have questions. I just am very thankful for. Let's all have some Reese cups, you know? Yes. Just, I can't. Just to seal off a little serotonin. A little sweet treat. But I also have a question for you. Like, do things, now that you've known Rachel's story, my story, do things about us or characteristics or traits, do things make more sense? Because of what we have both been through. Unbelievably so. I better just say that. <laughs> yes. And I will process that <laughs> and cry about it and journal about it. And then put it in another podcast. And yeah. never, <laughs> never talk about it again. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me here. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for being you. There's no reason why you are literally the only podcast I listen to. And Jess, thank you for um, talking about your cousin and for. Sorry, um, I stopped. Clearly, it's it's very much unprocessed. It's very new. It's very fresh. So actually me audibly talking about it will bring up a lot of emotion. So thank you for creating a safe space to allow that to happen. As for our listeners, fuck you guys. (laughs) I'm just kidding. If you or anyone you you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or actions, please call the suicide hotline. I'll put it in the notes to this episode. Yes. Um, But for real, um, I guess as a last night, just don't do it. And love people that you know that are feeling it. Show up. Fully and authentically. Show up. Show up authentically. I'll tell you that. It will be better. Like, I know it sounds so yeah cliche, but it's so just... cliche. Like, so makes you want to throw up when I say it, but. But it's just like when you know it. Whoever you, you are, like, I honor you. I'm here for you. Don't do it. Yeah. Please don't. We love you guys. Thank you for listening <laughs> to this really yeah. hard episode. Um, we I spilled will... a lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a big mess. I have to clean up now. Yes, all but, of the podcasts, all of the resources that we have explained in this episode will definitely be listed. Yeah. Reach out for, and we know we know about. you love this, so there will be a grief part two sometime in January. Yes, so I did we not, know you- because grief is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Grief is a sneaky bitch, but I guess this is so late in the episode. But I guess I will preface: um, we did touch about my husband Joe losing his previous wife which we will touch on in a grief part two we're also going to be talking about um your severe anxiety around losing loved ones yeah and what that looks like joe absolutely suffers from that he goes to therapy for it and actually would love to open up about that and help anyone who is dealing with those same type of emotions so that is grief part two we love you so much you're welcome to anyone who has seen my full tit you're welcome for the soft porn. This has been for better and worse with Rage Jess and Magna, everybody. Ayo. Peace we out. Are out. Ayo. 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 Ayo.